At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. I looked at my calendar, the last time I was here was September of 2019, so just before the pandemic, and I preached from Genesis 1 with an emphasis on faith and belief, because I believe that faith both saves and sustains us ultimately. I want to revisit that notion today, but from a different passage of scripture, uh, and it is the 11th chapter of Hebrews, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Let's stop there for the moment. Verses 1 through 3 of Hebrews 11. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Our thought for the day is the same thought that I used as a title in 2019, and that is, I believe. I believe. In certain academic circles, the notion of God, the Bible, and religion is rejected. In certain academic circles, the notion of God, the Bible, and religion are rejected. The basis of that rejection has to do with the belief that there is no God. That belief that there is no God finds its basis in their claim that those who believe can offer no evidence or proof of the existence of God. They contend, since belief is a matter of faith, faith is therefore the opposite of reason. They contend again, since belief is a matter of faith, that faith is therefore the opposite of reason. It is to believe without evidence. I contend, however, that our faith is not the opposite of reason because we have faith for a reason. Hear what I'm saying today. Faith is to trust 
based on a set of acquired facts. Therefore, we trust God because we have acquired certain facts about him in our experience. Grandma would say, you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him. So then the basis of our faith is reason because there are reasons for our faith. Y'all see what I'm saying? All right, now, now, their definition of proof, those who contend against us, is that the only valid proof is either mathematical or scientific. We believe because we contend that proof required need only be sufficient to the claim that's being made. Our proof of God is not scientific or mathematical, but it is empirical because empirical proof is based on observation and experience. Therefore, our proof of God, while not exhaustive, is sufficient. It is sufficient to the claim that is being made. In a court of law, often, judgments and verdicts are arrived at based on a preponderance of the evidence. And what that means is a judgment or verdict is arrived at after considering all of the testimony that has been given or posited. So based on all of the testimony, what is arrived at is the most probable, most credible, and most convincing conclusion based on all of the theories that have been testified to. What I'm saying is the conclusion we have arrived at is that we believe that there is a God because we have discovered that matter cannot self-create. We believe there is a God because, uh, because it has never been possible for something to come from nothing. So that means if there is a knock at the door, there's obviously someone on the other side knocking. And if millions or billions of years ago there was a bang, then that means that God has to be the banger. We believe, we believe in the reality of cause and effect and that the universe is an effect and that God is the only one that could be the cause. All right, now, I, I can't speak for you, but I believe. 
I believe because there is a beginning or was a beginning, let me put it that way, I believe because there was a beginning to time, a beginning to matter, a beginning to space, and a beginning to energy. Matter, energy, time, and space have a beginning, and that's the reason I believe. They are all effects, and God has to be the cause. Now, if there's a beginning to time, space, matter, and energy, if they are an effect, then the cause had to be omnipotent, the cause had to be omnipresent, the cause had to be immaterial, and the cause had to be eternal. Now the only one I know who is omnipotent, omnipresent, immaterial, and eternal is God. Yeah, if we're, we are celebrating here at Canaan 40 years. We are a community of faith. We believe certain things to be true about the world and to be true of God. Let me take us a little bit further in terms of this world we live in, created by God, and the space it occupies. Suppose you are driving down the road and you get a little tired, and so you decide that you're going to get off at a particular exit, check into a motel for the night, and then resume your drive the next morning. Yeah. Now, think of it this way. You check in the motel, you are given a key, and you go to your room. Now, the room you have been assigned is your favorite number. You walk in the room, and there's your favorite odor in the atmosphere. The room is painted your favorite color, your favorite snacks are on the table. Your favorite libation is in the refrigerator. A picture of your childhood home is on the wall. And there's a note with a welcome written and has your name on it. You would not say that that was coincidence. You would say that somebody knew your name knew you were coming and got this space ready for you. I'm trying to tell you about our relationship with creation. God knew we were coming, knew our name, put the space together, and then welcomed us in. I'm, 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 I'm trying to get this. There is a, there is a, um, mm, a astrophysicist who is also a creationist named Hugh Ross. Hugh Ross says, in order for life to exist on the earth, there had to have been 1,200 categories of just right happening in precision and simultaneously. He said, in order for us to be here, for us to live and breathe and exist, at some point, there had to be 1,200 categories of just right happening in precision and simultaneously, which means he's referring to the planets, 
He's referring to the galaxy. He's referring to the axis on, on which the earth sits. He's referring to the atmosphere surrounding the earth. He is referring to the water that is in the earth and the tectonic plates beneath the soil. All of that happening simultaneously and in precision in order for us to live here. That's not accidental, brothers and sisters. That's providential. God knew we were coming and put everything together just right simultaneously and in precision so that you and I could sit in Canaan today and give him worship and praise. Now, how do we, how do we know anything? How do you really know something? Um, there are certain things we know because we accept them without a specific level of certainty. Now, my, my, my point is, there are some things that you apprehend before you comprehend. Y'all see what I'm saying? Listen, I do not understand the physics of alternating current nor do I understand the reaction of human physiology to alternating current. So I haven't comprehended that. But I do know if you take a butter knife in your bare hand and stick it in a socket, that you will be electrified. So although I don't comprehend the physiology of my interaction with electricity, I have at least apprehended the fact that it can shock me to death. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? So my point is, there are certain things about God that we have not comprehended, but we have apprehended. There's some things about him I don't know. Some things I've yet to understand. I believe there's some things that we will understand better by and by, but that that does not prevent us from trusting in the Lord with all our hearts and believing that God has the control, the, the wheel of control of our lives and that he provides understanding to his children. That's faith, brothers and sisters. There's some things I don't comprehend, but I have apprehended enough about God to trust him with everything I have. And that leads me to Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's why I believe, because faith is substance and faith is evidence. Faith is the means by which unseen stuff is translated into the observable. That's why faith is so special and so precious. Faith translates and makes observable realities in the spirit world right now 
and realities which will break into our experience later. Go back to, I'm going to say that again. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That, in, that includes that which is in the spirit now and that which will break into your life later. It's the substance of what you hope for coming to you in the future, it is the evidence of things not seen happening in the spirit world right now. Faith makes and translates and makes observable realities that belong to the future and realities in the spirit world right now. Faith identifies both of those realities. Some would say, some would say that Hebrews 11 verse 1 is a definition of faith. No, it's not a definition. It's a description. Hebrews 11 and 1 doesn't say what faith is. It says what faith does. Substance of what you hope for. Evidence of things not seen. That's a description of faith. A definition of faith is this. Faith is belief. And then it is to surrender to that belief as a guide for your life and living. That's what faith is. Faith is, I believe this is true, and now I'm not, I don't just believe it intellectually. I also embrace it and surrender to it as a guide for my life and for my living. Those are the two aspects of true faith, belief and surrender. Hebrews 11 and 1 is a description of faith. Faith makes substantial what does not yet exist. You see stuff in faith even though it's not manifested yet. Faith make substantial what doesn't yet exist and what is a reality in the supernatural world even at the moment. So that means that as your eye is the organ of the conviction of the visible, that your faith is the organ that gives you the conviction of the presence and the promise of God. Your natural eye convicts you of what you see right now but faith is a spiritual eye that convicts you of stuff that God is doing right now and going to do in the future. I don't know about you, but I'm going to stick with him. Y'all see that? All right, all right. Uh, so look at now verse 1, Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then the author says, what makes it so special, he says, for by it, by what? By faith. The elders obtained a good report. So the elders obtained a good report, meaning that God said something good about the elders because of their faith. They were commended because of their faith. Now, why did God commend them because of faith? Well, verse 6 of Hebrews 11 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So God commended the elders because of their faith 
and he did that because their faith pleased him because their faith was a belief in God and a surrendering to his will. <laughs> Y'all see what I'm saying today? Uh, so, so if the elders obtained a good report in Hebrews 11 and verse number 2, that means that God bore witness to them and made their lives a posterity for us. They bore witness to God, so he bore witness to them. The same thing happens in Matthew 16. Peter bears witness to Jesus, so Jesus bears witness to him. Jesus said, who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He's bearing witness to who Jesus is. Jesus said, well, since you bore witness to me, I'm pleased with your faith and I'm going to bear witness to you. You are Peter. And upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Y'all see that? Yeah, it's right there in the faith pleased God. And you know what? You know what, mate? Hebrews 11 goes on to talk about Abraham and other heroes of the faith. And um, the first one mentioned is Abraham. And the reason that God commends the faith of Abraham is because Abraham had less description but more conviction. I'm saying. Abraham had less description than we have. Nevertheless, more conviction than than we. He did more, ah, he did more with less. He had a greater faith than ours, even though he had less information than we have. And then he died without actually really seeing the promise come to pass, but he never relinquished his faith in God. And so we call him the father of the faith today because he had less description than us, but more conviction than us. I'm almost through. I'm almost through. just Just give me a few minutes. Every pastor says, I'm done three times. Just so you know. So that's my first I'm done. The first, the first I'm done is like, okay, the pilot is starting his descent, so the stewardesses are gonna come down the aisle and collect your trash. The second I'm done means, uh, I got about eight to 10 more minutes. The third I'm done means I, the landing gear's down, and, and we about to hit the runway. So that was my first I'm done. Y'all understand that? <laughs> uh, I believe, which means that faith, my faith, enables me to see things that my natural eye cannot identify. Let's look at verse 2, 11 Hebrews for by it the elders obtain a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Verse three says that my faith says to me, the visible universe was not made out of visible material. 
you want to do some work at home, you run to some place like Home Depot or Lowe's and you buy the raw material to do the work that you need to do. But the visible universe was not made out of visible raw material. God did not create using pre-existing matter. From his position in the invisible, he simply spoke words. And the reason that something happened when he spoke was because before he spoke, Genesis 1 says the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the deep. Which means that the Holy Spirit was inseminating the earth with the seed of God. So then after God's seed was planted in the chaotic planet, God spoke and his seed in the planet began to do things to the planet to make it habitable for you and I. Not out of visible raw material, but simply out of the word of God itself. He spoke and that which was invisible translated into the visible. I believe, I really do believe it. I do. I, I believe that scripture suggests that I have a relationship with God because God spoke and created a world for a purpose and then lastly created us as an indication or as evidence that we were part of the purpose for which he created the earth in the first place. Now, the author of Hebrews wrote the letter, this epistle called Hebrews, to Christian believers who had previously been Jews and who had begun to backslide. The reason they were backsliding was because they were hung up on the visual. They were hung up on ritual. They were hung up on physical sacrifices. And because they were not seeing enough evidence in their lives of God being God, they began to drift back towards stuff you could see and stuff you could hear and back to Old Testament sorts of sacrifices. They had no confidence in the invisible and began to revert back to confidence in the visible. I want you to know something today. They had a problem with the fact, I don't have it, but they had a problem with the fact that in Christianity there are many invisible realities. And at some point in your life, you're not going to grow in your spirit until you begin to tune yourself in uh, to the fact that God is speaking to you even now. I used to have a 1985 BMW 528E, and whenever you cranked up the car, automatically, you didn't have to do it, the minute you cranked up the car, the antenna would automatically go up because the car had been started. Y'all see what I'm saying? Which means that you didn't have to make the car be in position to receive sound. 
and translate the sound waves into what you hear. It would do it automatically. I'm trying to say to you today that you ought to ready yourself for the invisible realities of God by first thing in the morning asking God to raise your antenna. You ought to say like grandma, I woke up this morning with my with my mind stayed on Jesus I believe and I, I believe you you do too but the fact is and the problem is I can't speak for you but I'm trying to leave you with something that if you just embrace it uh, listen so when you say God created the heavens and earth verse 3 says through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. When you say God created, that's not a scientific statement, but it is a claim about science. Let me say that again. When you say God created, that's not scientific, but it is a claim about science. What your claim is to science is if there is no God, then you have to prove to me that matter can create itself. If you say there's no God, then you have to show me reliable evidence that something can come from nothing and that that something has the ability to make itself something even though it starts out as nothing. Life cannot self-assemble. So although people may, people may have problems with what you believe, be not dismayed. Don't worry about the fact that you do not have scientific proof. What you do have is empirical evidence. Empirical meaning observation and experience. Some of y'all have been through enough to know that there is a God. There's some things that happened in your life that couldn't have been nobody but the Lord. No other explanation will suffice. No other testimony is sufficient. There are some things that happened in your life Things, there's some stuff that didn't happen in your life. That can only be attributed to God. Well, I'm done. Don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be concerned. Stand on what you believe. It is an extraordinary claim when you say God created the heavens and the earth. But an extraordinary claim in this case does not need extraordinary evidence. You only need proof which is sufficient. A preponderance of the evidence in order to come to a convincing and credible conclusion. Yes. 
every believer has the substance of what he or she hopes for and the evidence of things not seen. The substance means we have the firmness of what we have been waiting for. And then we have the conviction of the things which are unseen. I believe that there is a God and that he created the heavens and the earth. <clears throat> I believe that he spoke from uh, somewhere outside of time and in eternity. And that when he spoke, things happened because he's God all by himself. I believe that he took some soil from the ground and fashioned it into a body and that he breathed in out of his own nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. I believe that man sinned in the garden but God had a plan to save his creation and in his plan he determined that his only begotten son would come all the way down from eternity into time to die for our sins. I believe that they took the Son of God on a hill called Golgotha. They nailed him to a cross. They placed spikes on his head and the blood came streaming down. I believe that when he hung there during three hours of darkness, that that was the time when he was paying the price for your sins and mine. I believe that when he dropped his head and gave up the ghost, they laid him in a borrowed tomb. And he lay there all night, Friday night. I believe that he lay there all day Saturday and all night Saturday. But I believe that early Sunday morning he got up from the grave with all power in his hands. Is there anybody here who believes what I believe? I believe that one of these days he's coming back again. But until then, I made up my mind to run for Jesus until it's all said and done. Anybody here ready to run with me? 
We sing a song back in Atlanta that says, Believe I testify while I have a chance. We sing a song that says, Believe I'll run on and see what the end will be. Something at the end is waiting for me. I need to know, do you believe that he's able? Do you believe that he's powerful? Do you believe that he's worthy? Can you say yeah? yeah. I'm done. But can I tell you, he's worthy, worthy of the glory, worthy, worthy of the honor, worthy, worthy of the praise, worthy, hey, hey, I got to leave y'all alone here, but I feel his presence in this place. Somebody ought to give him the praise. Somebody ought to lift his name up. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Somebody ought to say thank you, Jesus. Yeah! represent the church no matter where we are. So stay connected and reach others as we grow in Christ.